Welcome back to the Echo Video Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Tapley. Joining me as always is my co-host, Bart. Bart, how's it going this week? Hey, Hunter. Uh, I was glad to be back. Nah, it wasn't a bad week. Moved into my new place. Been a bit chaotic, but you know, getting settled in. How about yourself? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, we, we took a week off. Uh, basically, I had to go to a wedding last week. Bart, you were moving into your new place last week, so took last week off. Watched some movies, settled in. I got over my hangover, stuff like that. Yeah, and your happy birthday. <laughs> oh, <by> yeah. <laughs> it was my birthday. Six... So my birthday's on the 27th of August, and the wedding I went to, my cousin's wedding, was on the 28th of August. They fucking planned it. They couldn't have planned it better. Um, no, I had fun, though, at the wedding. It was open bar. I won't lie. I had a, I had a, little, a little too much to drink, and... I fucking, I felt fine the whole wedding, dude. The whole wedding, I was fine. And I was like, oh, man, as soon as I got back to the hotel and I laid down, I just felt this rock, this rock hit my stomach. And I was like, yeah, um, I'm going to (laughs) puke. I have that, man. If I'm, like, drinking, standing up, like, playing beer pong the whole time or whatever, just chatting, and you sit down, oh, hits you like a fucking truck. Dude, it's brutal. And then, like, I just, I hate that feeling, like, because you know you're going to throw up. Like, every time... Yeah, you can feel it come up in yourself. Dude, yeah. I sat there for maybe... When I was, like... Like, when I was younger, I used to sit there and think, oh, it's not going to happen. And then i fucking puke all over myself because I would think it mm. would settle. This time, I just knew. I was like, I'm going to the fucking bathroom. And I just started fucking anorexia, making myself Ooh. puke because I was like, fuck this. One way or another, <laughs> I was it is like, going to happen. And then after, you know, you put your fingers down your mouth, you puke. I felt so thin and wonderful after that, I had to continue doing it. So <laughs> That's how Hunter developed this eating there disorder. There we go. Now, now <laughs> all I have to do to lose weight is, is do that more often. So. There you go. See? Problem solved. I don't know what people are getting so upset about. Exactly. No, all kidding aside, though, um, it it is miserable to feel that sick because you you know the feeling when you're going to puke, and it's just Mm -hmm. this hard rock. It's just waiting. It's like limbo, right? You just sit there because it's going to come. Yeah. You don't know when. Yeah. don't know why. (laughs) Dude, and then... I all of the dinner that I ate, the fucking two prime rib cuts, mashed potatoes, all of the oh, dinner came you back up. up. The dinner, the wedding dinner, it came all oh. up. A whole f- like it's I had a lot, a, I had a lot of food because I didn't eat because like they told me it was going to be a lot of food, so I didn't eat lunch and I ate a lot of food. And I think the other reason why I puke at the end of the night is. When I'm about to leave or go home, I stop drinking and then I overcompensate by drinking lots and lots of water. So, dude, I must have drank like 15 pints of water before (laughs) I went home. So there's uh, (laughs) a... That's probably another reason why why I puke a little easier. That's probably all. Man, I do the same thing. Like right before I go to bed, I just start drinking gallons of water and then I'll wake up at like seven, like feeling my bladder just completely swollen you have like a five minute piss you're just standing there in agony oh dude it's brutal oh tough times so yeah that was my that was my first week after the suckling and then the second week the week we took off um didn't do too much just kind of hung out really um went down i think did i go down to north bay after that week i think i went down to north bay yeah no because I can't remember when I went to North Bay. Either way, I went down to North Bay, and fucking Spirit Halloween is open. 
Oh hey! Cool. <laughs> Did you see people fucking photoshopping that sign onto the yeah, Queen's onto the, Castle? The Queen's Castle. <laughs> Rest in peace, the Queen. That just R. happened R. yesterday. Yeah, literally. I got fucking live <laughs> updates the whole way from my sister. It was so funny. Now fucking Princess Diana is gonna fucking kick her ass for cutting her brake lines or something. I don't know. If that's a whole other fucking story, but that's gonna be fucking the Doom sequel. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen escapes hell. To get to fucking oh, heaven. No, but. but I just thought that was so early, dude. I went to Spirit Halloween and I saw it. I was like, oh, hey, that's cool. And it was fucking busy. It was August busy. and it was full of people. I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? What is that? That's when fucking like Dollar Store puts up Christmas decorations in like the oh, middle of yeah. July. You remember that shit? Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, they put up the Halloween and Christmas stuff simultaneously. I think, I don't know. I think Halloween's so much more popular now, though. So that's. Mm. probably a factor yeah, i guess people are excited to get out and go to halloween parties again eh? yeah for sure for sure anyways before we get too too far off topic you have anything you'd recommend anything you watched the last two weeks maybe a couple things just anything at all you got anything to recommend or is there anything coming out that's on your radar anything like that yeah, uh, I didn't get to watch a whole lot this week just because of moving and whatnot. But I did see that Damien Chazelle is releasing a three-hour epic uh, called Babylon that's set in the 1920s between the transition period between quiet movies and talkies, which is pretty cool. Excited for that. It's coming out December 25th. And then, yeah, not a movie, but tomorrow I get to go see Porcupine Tree, which I'm very excited to see. Right on. So that'll be a, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that but should yeah. be fun. Yeah, I had no idea about Babylon and Damien. Is that Damon Chazelle, the La La Land? Damien Chazelle, yeah, like okay. Whiplash, uh, First Man. Yeah, I just was making sure I had my directors correct. Um, Valid. Sounds, yeah. yeah. I also kind of came out of nowhere. Now it's getting a December Christmas release, which is pretty surprising. Is there a trailer out for it? or? Uh, I've seen a bunch of stills. I haven't okay, seen a trailer so come by yet. but Not too much yet. Okay, so... Yeah, definitely something to keep on your radar. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a lot this week and last week, and I played a couple video games. Most recently, today, I played, I think it's called Disney's Dreamlight Valley, which was on Game Pass, and I downloaded it because I thought, it was, someone said it was like the Animal Crossing, but with Disney, and that game kind of slaps. It's It's Animal Crossing, but with Disney characters. Oh, and damn, like it's actually good? It's actually pretty decent from what oh, I've played. That's very surprising. Okay. Um, it's a little bit more quality of life than Animal Crossing was. Like, Animal Crossing was difficult on purpose, and it knew it. The fishing in that game was brutal, mm. but and there was not really a lot to do usually, but this game has quite a bit to do. I'm kind of enjoying it, so I don't know. Maybe next week I'll fucking hate it for some reason. But as of right now, I would recommend it if you got Game Pass. It's for it's 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 like you can download it for basically free on Game Pass. I'd recommend it even just to try it out. So oh, I would right recommend on. that. The other movie I watched, I watched a couple movies. I would recommend Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg's newest movie. We'll probably discuss that in a later episode of the podcast. So I won't. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I won't talk too much about it i had to go through hell to get that movie because it didn't get a canadian blu-ray release which i thought was kind of stupid so i had to order it from the states and then it got it got held captive at the u.s border for like a month 
No, but like a, for like three weeks, it was held at the border, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" I thought it might be a banned in Canada, and they weren't letting it go, but it wasn't. It was probably just caught up with other packages. It came to the post office. I managed to pick it up, watch it. I enjoyed it. Good movie. If you can, if you can find a way to watch it, definitely do. The last thing I watched, which I'll talk about, that I'll not really recommend, but. Just something to avoid, I guess, was a movie called The Beast in Heat. It is a Nazi exploitation movie from 1977, an Italian film. And it's basically a movie about an SS doctor that genetically modifies this man to be sex crazed. And I was expecting a movie like Night of the Bloody Apes, which was a fun gorilla movie which had like a, a man turning into a gorilla and, and killing and, and, and attacking everybody which was kind of a okay movie uh, this movie was not like that it was the the beast in heat was just a disgusting man he was the ugliest man I have ever seen in my life uh, it Salvatore was, Baccaroo yeah Baccaroo. look at look at the photos <laughs> of him on, on Google oh, Images he's a- He's Mighty mustache. Literally disgusting. <laughs> no, in, in the IMDb photo, he looks okay, okay. But look at him in the movie. Like, look up the images of the beast in the actual movie. He's oh, a fucking goodness. troll. He is he a troll. Is a troll. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, if you if you have a strong stomach, go for it. It's 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 crazy how what they could get away with in the seventies. I'm uh, just seeing a still of a naked man hanging upside down with Buddy jerking off in a jail cell. Is that oh, about yeah. right? Yeah, that's oh, yeah? about right. <laughs> that's just one of those standout scenes. Good. Yeah, ton of the... Uh, the ending was kind of satisfying, I won't lie. I mean, I guess I'll spoil the ending, but basically the SS doctor's a woman and the Ital- they're kidnapping pe- men and women from the Italian countryside, the Nazis are, and then they're using the women to to they're they're just giving the women to the beast and then he does the old you know rhymes with grape and and uh they torture the men and at the end the two guys push the female nazi doctor into the cage with the beast and then it's kind of entertaining to watch that aspect of it and then they just shoot her and then that was the only part I kind of I kind of thought was entertaining, but the rest of it honestly was just kind of boring, and I did not like the physical appearance of the beast. Brought me great anger. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so that's going to conclude what I recommend uh, to watch and recommend to play and recommend to avoid. So. Well, there you go. That's the whole. Other than that, exactly. Other than that, we'll move into this week's film discussion, which is promised as. Uh, the last episode was Threads, 1984, directed by Mick Jackson, I think. Mm-hmm. Mike Jackson or Mick Jackson. I think Mick, yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think? What was your general opinions on the film there, Bart? General opinions. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it frightened me greatly. Probably the scariest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it was very unsettling. Really well done and i like the docudrama approach to it quite a bit but yeah i was eating dinner during it was a was a very unpleasant time but it's really really well done and i highly recommend it eating through threads is a yeah that was a rookie mistake yeah don't do that so i got bonus points so i get i get a little bit of bonus points because i watched 
The Day After, and Threads, which are both basically the same movie, released around the same time. And I gotta say, I wasn't as affected by this movie as I was The Day After. Really? I thought The Day After was a bit scarier, honestly. It, like, when I, after I finished The Day After, I just sat there in my basement staring at the wall and then I was researching how to survive nuclear holocaust for like three days after that. I was really scared and frightened. And how old were you when you watched the first the day after? When I watched the day after, this was like the same. This was this year, a couple months ago. This oh, was like, sure. oh, fair enough. I think it was back. I in, respect it. I think it was back in February, honestly, when I watched it. And so I was. Day, you just getting to you. Yeah, I was horrified. So, and then as I did, as I after I watched. The day after, I, I researched it to see if other people had this effect, like the film had this an effect on other people like like I did. And what I constantly, what I would read are people saying that the movie called Threads, the British version of, of The Day After, was scarier. So then I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes, I have to watch another movie, and this one's reportedly <laughs> scarier. So kind of forgot about it for a bit. Um, saw that it came to shutter and I figured, well, and we had the podcast going at this point and mm-hmm. I thought, well, we definitely have to talk about it. So I saved it. I watched it and I got through it relatively easily. The only mm. difference that I noticed, the main difference, this one's set up to be more of a docudrama, like you said, to kind of explain, whereas the day after is set up to be more of a film. So you have okay. more characters and threads is set more so over a span of 10 years where the day after is literally set for like a week after the bomb okay so it's a lot more intense like all it's a lot yeah. concentrated i guess yeah and okay. i give credit to the day after because i personally liked the day after better i was more affected by it i liked it you get to spend a little bit more time with the characters and i mean i think i related more to the american characters than i did with the british side uh, i personally i personally uh, liked that side of the movie better mainly because probably because I'm from North America and I can relate to kind of their politics and their kind of viewpoint of, of the nuclear bombs and stuff. So maybe that's why, but uh, uh, in, in, in all fairness, both great movies, definitely worth a watch. Mm. Personally, I preferred The Day After. But anyways, um, we're going to do a quick, yeah. quick plot summary of the movie here for you, just so people that haven't seen it know what it is bart are you able to do the plot rundown yeah, yeah, okay yeah, yeah go for it so i'm pretty sure it takes place in either cold wars what's that 83 i think it's like 83 i think it takes place in 1983 uh tensions between america and russia are escalating their I mean, nuclear tensions are still the cold war going on and then it's basically like a man in a high castle like alternate reality like what would happen if america and russia did go to nuclear war and like what effect that would have on the rest of the world. And then Threads takes place in Sheffield in England, focused on like a small town and like the immediate fallout from the nuclear war on that town. And it is very intense. So yeah, that's basically the plot. Although the, the, yeah, the main difference, like I said, is that this goes like 10 years after the bomb drops. So the starting yeah, of the like film, Game of Thrones, like none of the characters you're with are there anymore. Yeah, basically. So the first half shows the characters in their everyday life, and then 
like get them going on dates, going to the pub, hanging out. And then there's also kind of on the news reports, on the TVs, on the radios, you kind of hear the subtle building up of tensions between the, uh, the two countries. And then about, I don't know, 25 minutes in, the bombs start dropping. And I'm not going to lie, the first half of, the, half of this movie kind of bored me. Uh, I was just kind of sitting there like I was, I was, and this might be because I've seen the other movie, but I was waiting for the bombs. I was like, bring me the fucking bombs. Like, I don't really care for these characters. (laughs) Not going to lie. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, I think they're just supposed to be like vessels of humanity because it's hard to actually have empathy for them because you're with them for such a short time and you know, they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like if you followed a random family on the Titanic and man, that's the that's the difference I give to, uh, that's the, the 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 pro I give to the day after. You 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 spend a lot more time with their characters, but you can see that they all kind of have different lifestyles. So here you're just kind of seeing the everyday, like person in the UK. Whereas in the day after, you follow a doctor in a hospital, um, the everyday farmhand, a guy that's just passing through Kansas City. And a soldier. So you follow those uh, those four characters, which are kind of a, a more unique, different like look on life, I suppose, as opposed to these characters, where it's I think you just follow the woman for the most part, and a couple of yeah, Ruth. Everybody else pretty much dies on impact. Yeah. So in in the if day not short after in the day after yeah. you get a couple more character like you get a couple more characters that are there till the end, basically. Where in this movie you get one character. You have a bunch of characters at the beginning, 90% of them are wiped out, and then the latter half, you're just basically focusing on Ruth and her daughter, if I'm correct in thinking that. Um, Just before I go any further, the one thing I had watching this movie, and Ruth is pregnant, and they immediately bring up abortion, and I was like, oh, this is suckling. It's coming back. It's it's a suckling. Man, I was going to make a joke. Like, I wonder... What movie had the worst baby ending? Threads or the suckling? Oh, dude, that's a tough one. That's that a is tough a tough one. one. That uh, is a tough one. We'll get to Man. the yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to we'll that. get to that's that a little part. teaser for you. But yeah, so uh, why the fuck someone brought their baby to a protest? Yeah, that was there just was, a poor move. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why the fuck would you do that? That seemed like a dumb decision. Um, anyways, let's, you know what? I mean, let's just get to it. Let's not do what the movie did. Let's get right to when the fucking bomb dropped. Unless oh, you wait, have, wait, wait, wait. you have no, yeah, yeah go a, for it. T- just a tiny thing. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, the opening of the last of us when Joel's at home with his daughter Yeah. and then you see the explosion happening on the TV and she looks outside and you see it happening. That's kind of what I thought they were setting up the car. They have like a very like Zodiac opening with the car overlooking the city. Yeah. And I yeah. thought they were going to see like the bomb drop. That'd be cool. And I thought, because they're, they're talking about like little mundane issues they have. And then it'd be really cool to see just this fucking conglomerate of that would I know, be cool. death, I guess. Right? That's kind of yeah. what I thought they were going for. No, that's... And then I thought they kept hinting at it for like 20 minutes. And then it kind of happened off screen. And I was like, hmm, a little bit disappointed. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I agree. That would have been, that would have been a better, better fucking idea, in my opinion. Um, but then, then the bomb drops. You get a pretty good, I'll give credit to Threads. This is a better bomb dropping scene. In the oh, day man. after, the day after is good, but it's not great. It's a little bit, a little bit quicker. 
Um, I give Threads a bit more credit. It's a bit more horrific because I guess the characters are closer to the bombs, where in Threads they're kind of a little further away. They do show people that are close, but the main characters, the main cast is kind of a little further away and you kind of see their opinion, their uh, experience more than the ones mm-hmm. in, in Threads where like the one family's literally, the kid gets evaporated in the bird cage. Yeah. So the other people are like building their shelter while it's happening. And yeah, it was it was very upsetting. As soon as like the, the bomb hit and then the, like the immediate fallout and the firestorm. You remember that scene where the cat was like lying on the ground, like kind of half molten with radiation. And it was really sad. Oh yeah, yeah. That cat looks exactly like spot on, like my cat toothless. <laughs> so it's like, oh, that's so upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> I have in my notes the wallpaper scene upset me. If I remember correctly, they're taking yeah. down the wallpaper. This is bef- like almost before the blast but they had just bought a house two of the characters yeah they're getting married because they uh had the baby yeah so they're just getting ready to move in and then i guess the wallpaper is them cleaning the apartment but i think they're like crying or something while they take the paper off because they kind of know like there's a chance that their house is going to be not not around long enough or if i'm thinking of it correctly i think that's how the scene played out or yeah yeah, I think she gets really upset because, like, in the background, they're still playing on the radio, like, the updates and news. And she's like, okay, what's yeah. the point of having the child or making this house for that matter? Mm-hmm. It's all going to be destroyed. And I did really like that. And I didn't really, like, so if, you, if you're 1983, right, the yeah. only way to get direct live updates is with the radio. Yeah. And the only way not to miss anything, because you're not going to get, like, a notification, like, oh, new emergency news at this time turn on your radio. You can have that shit on the whole time. Can you imagine how anxiety-inducing that is? You can't go anywhere, so you're cooped up in the same house unless you can have, like, a remote. Like, that's insane. The other thing, sorry, I'm just kind of backstepping. This is before the blast. We'll get by after that. Uh, The panic buying kind of brought back some flashbacks of COVID. Yeah, I know. That was a little Uh, bit, like. I remember the toilet paper, (laughs) man. I remember I was still in college, and we were just kind of joking around, like, oh, this is, like, everyone's panic buying. It's so stupid. And then my friends stealing all my toilet, all the toilet paper, basically. Um, we went to the store. Uh, all the toilet paper was gone. I needed some. My buddy, who has been on the podcast before, he found in his room, because we bought a huge Costco bag. This was before COVID. We've been sharing that. At the end of the year, there was about 12 rolls left. And... Like, so they're split into packages, separate packages of six. And I was like, okay, well, let's split it. You take six, I take six. And then he's like, oh, okay, cool. And then he found in his room a full 12 pack of toilet paper that is, uh, he must have had when he moved in but forgot about. <laughs> so then I'm just like, okay, cool. I'll just take the 12. And then as I'm moving out, I go downstairs. There's about a half roll left and none of the six, none of the 12. He took both six packs so he had a full 24 pack and i was like you fucking (laughs) bastard he left you wiping with the fucking roll yeah he left me the shower (laughs) curtains so i was like damn it your hands fuck so that was incredible but man yeah that whole toilet paper thing i really gotta dig into that i really wonder what the fuck set that off because like nobody's buying like canned shit or anything so from what i remembered with the toilet paper was that people thought 
that because people thought that all toilet paper manufacturing was happening in China. So they thought when it was happening, because the outbreak original originated from China, that they would stop bringing imports in from China. So people thought, well, what's oh. going to go first? All the fucking toilet paper. So then Buddy Boy, who hears that and thinks that, doesn't matter. He could be a conspiracy theorist. He could be correct. He could be whatever. He goes into Costco, buys up as much as he can carry. Then somebody sees that and goes, oh, fuck, that guy's buying all the toilet paper. Well, I got to do that, too, because if I don't buy that, like, and then someone else does it and then so forth, so forth, all the dominoes fall down and now you have no fucking toilet paper. So that's kind of what I think the the quick rundown of that. Um, But there was panic buying in this movie, which kind of sparked a a flash. Also, man, I I was um, like when they're all panic buying and whatnot. They're, uh, they're they're like stuffed in the carts and whatnot, and then on like I think the mom's like son comes in. And he's like, "Oh, mom, the war started," and everybody runs out of the store. These fucking carts, they're like there's like a two foot drop. Yeah, there's no ramp. <laughs> Did you notice that? I was yeah. like, "What the fuck? How is anyone supposed to get in?" I there? guess all the handicapped people have to go home. <laughs> yeah, to they wheel- get to not eat, <laughs> except for the wheelchair and the changeling. Uh, it reminded me of when he fucking fell off that roof, dude. It like it was- yeah. <laughs> It's like why? Oh, that probably spiked the audio. But it's all good. Yeah, I can edit around it. Um, anyways, before we get too caught off about panic buying, and it will go back to where we were. Bomb blast. Et dies. Cats getting melted by radiation. First victim shown. (laughs) The first victim shown is a burning Et doll. It was so intense. The mom burns up, and then the next frame is Et in flames. And it's really hard not to laugh. Yeah. And then that was just my note. I remember seeing that and thinking, that's kind of funny. And I just wrote, E.T. died. E.T. <laughs> dead. Um, yeah, the house with the birds, man. That We talked about that a bit earlier. The house with the birds was pretty fucked. Those are literally two people melting. The two parents yeah. are just quite literally melting with the radiation. Their son is it completely evaporated because he was not yeah, in the they've shelter. they like a, a makeshift little fort in the kid's bedroom with like mattresses and garbage bags and anything they can find and i think the mom was facing the window or something when the blast happened and literally one like it's like two face he's burnt completely down the fucking middle and she's it's very upsetting and they're like puking and shit into their hands yeah and then during fabric sticking to them and whatnot like whoop and then during this sorry just to kind of during this there's a bunch of government officials in a bunker underground mm-hmm. trying to solve everything not honestly nothing really happened there there was a couple things i wanted to mention but before i go to that this is a made for tv movie same thing with the day after did you notice the commercial breaks oh yeah Dude, i guess there would have been something i fucking it, it is so bad watching these tv movies i watched a couple other tv movies i think it was called night of the scarecrow same thing there are just blatant hard cuts and I go, commercial break. And I immediately know it. And as soon as I notice it, I kind of snap out for a moment. And the whole moment mm-hmm. is lost. I don't know if that's just me, but there are some definite. I noticed those heart cuts, but it didn't yeah. really click with me that it's a made-for-TV movie. There's oh, a couple points where there's like a like a hard cut and then you can see black. Like you can visually yeah. see black and then it cuts back to the movie. And I was like. Well, we probably would have got a McDonald's ad or two at that point. So Yeah. I, I think there's this one scene with Ruth and her boyfriend or whatever. They're like arguing and it's like a really intense thing. And then it just kind of fades to black for a minute and yep. it pops back open somewhere else. And I'm like, 
Yeah. What the fuck was that? That's my only. That's one of my issues with all these made-for-TV movies brought to Blu-ray. And I mean, in all fairness, it was probably thought that it would only live on TV, not get made into DVD, VHS, or kind of deal. So, I don't give. I don't. That's a little bit of a nitpick, but um, what else? I'm pretty sure I? Friends became like one of the highest-grossing movies of that year. Yeah, Threads yeah. and. And the day after, I think we're both record breaking in views. Yeah, I think they're some of the most watched. I think it's the most watched, like tra- straight to TV. Yeah, film. yeah, yep. I'm pretty sure you're right on that. That's crazy. <laughs> the other note I have was they're in the bunker, the guys, and one of them asks for a cigarette. Although he doesn't call it a cigarette, he calls oh, it the yeah. British word. I'm not gonna say it, but <laughs> the F slur. Yeah, that I'm not even going to lie. I heard that. I did a fucking double take. I was like, "What? What are you saying? <laughs> this is the '80s. I thought they said that in like the '40s." Oh my goodness! Yeah, I know, man. He's like this old home. Well, not homeless. I mean, everyone's homeless, but he's like sitting. It's like, oh, I, what I could do to a F word right now. It's yeah. Like, oh my goodness, Grandpa, settle down. That was a good one, dude. I fucking laughed at that. It took me a double take. So I didn't expect it. Oh man, the same with the ET man. There were a few times in this movie where I was like, "What fuck was that?" Did we wind it? The other thing that I, I think they're going to collect water, and one of the characters, Michael, grabbed a colander to collect water. He didn't. He really. I was did. like, "Are you fucking stupid?" <laughs> I get maybe like the the desperation and like whatever, yeah. but at the same time, it's so comical that he grabs a fucking colander. Like this man like, is already melting from the inside yeah, out, and like give him a drink of water. Holy fuck! You grabbed a, <laughs> he grabs a colander. You grabbed a colander, man. You fucking. Like, come on. And then he just cries and then crawls up beside his wife and dies. It's yeah. really sad. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty sad. Yeah. Um, what else? During that, you were talking about, like, the mass hysteria. There's a few riots, I think. Uh, this might be, like, a day or two afterwards, whatnot. People trying to control. Oh, the, uh, yep. The most the restless people. Yeah. Right? Guaranteed. If you if you haven't seen this movie, you probably know the the scene of the guy. The it's like a police officer. They're basically sanction uh, rationing out food for everyone, I mm-hmm. believe. And yeah. there's one guy with rateless bandages, probably because his face is melting. He's got a police officer's cap, and he's he was basically the cover of the DVD and like basically one of the most infamous scenes like i think what everyone kind of yeah. have known it for because you said and you see, knew that, that's that's how long i'd known threads because i've never seen it i didn't even really know what it was about but I, I i'd seen that dvd cover at blockbuster like way long time ago yeah and it's just such like uh i don't know what the fuck it is but it really stuck with me so when you said threads and i looked up the cover i was like holy shit no way <laughs> like it came fucking full circle yeah yeah crazy <laughs> But yeah, what I was getting at with that fucking riot is that there's one guy selling bottle openers, basically like shanks, for a dollar fifty each. Like oh, during this yeah. big riot with the cops, like I was like, Jesus Christ, like that probably happens. <laughs> like, oh yeah, for sure, dude. Um, the other thing I saw, I think there was a scene where I thought I heard someone on the crew talk. I think this was down in the bunker. And I, you could just barely, barely hear from the background is, uh, look up nice and slow, but very, very subtly. You can hear, look up nice oh, and slow. Really? Is, is this the, the bunker with all the, uh, I think with all the, the government, the yeah, with all yeah, the government yeah. officials, yeah. I think that's yeah. what I heard. I'm pretty sure I'll have to find, 
the scene. Kind of wild echo, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very likely, but who knows? So basically, it keeps going on. Life's getting shittier and shittier. The one woman, Ruth, gives birth to her baby. I thought she was going to have a stillborn. She did not. The baby was born. Yeah. And she's born. And then you follow the child through her mm -hmm. point of view. And and this is like 10 years after, I believe, for a bit, right? Yeah, I think it was uh, 13 altogether. 13 years. Yeah, 13 years. So you kind of just, instead of following Ruth, because Ruth, I mean, she, I guess that's what, she's, yeah, yeah, she dies. Um, her daughter takes over the pod, basically. The, the shot of, um, the land where they're tilling the land and it's just fucking barren as hell and like cold and wet is disgusting and very upsetting. <laughs> and then Ruth dies in the barn. She's old and she just kind of closes like her eyes. She looks like a ghoul. Like yeah. Her eyes are sunken in there like a deep gray. Like it's quite upsetting. Her hair's yeah. all gray and frail. Ooh. And then you follow Ruth's daughter. Who, I think she's nameless, right, the whole time. I think she's, yeah, I think you're right. And yeah. I think it just shows her run into town, like into the ruins of the town. And then she, like, I think does it with some, like, weird local kids in the town. Yeah, I, I think when she works, she gets some, uh, she's paid bread, obviously, because yeah. that's the new currency or food or whatever. Yeah. And then these two other guys who are, like, I guess the newest born generation um try to take the bread from her and she's like fight her off, fight them off with a stick but then they beat her yeah. and they rape her and it's very upsetting oh do they actually kind of, yeah oh yeah, wow yeah. okay i thought that's that's the child <laughs> that's the child yeah yeah i yeah i played that i remembered that wrong very wrong <laughs> yeah very upsetting and then she like stumbles through the city and then it's like a whole another cut like a year or something or nine months i guess yeah and then you have and then the scene she, this is the end of the she, movie Basically, she's giving birth in a hospital, a fucking disgusting hospital. I think there's like a dude screaming in the bed next to her. Yeah, the doctor even sends her away. She's like, oh, no, this isn't the place for you. Go somewhere else. And she's like, basically, like her water's broken. Like she's ready to push out this baby. Yeah. Pretty insane. Well, what's left of it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah, the end of this movie, it ends... And here's the stillborn, the, the suckling part two. It's this, all like deformed and red, and, and it's, it's just, obviously dead. Right, the doctor oh, gets yeah. it, and then still hands it to her. Hands it to her, and you get to kind of like you don't get a full close up, but you see it, and it's and just like screams. this red deformed, and then yeah, it screams, and then it ends, and yeah. um, that yeah, that's it was pretty a dark ending, dark note to end on. I, and yeah. yeah, that's threads. I was looking at some things to get, apparently. So when I don't know if this is true, this is just like speculation shit. Yeah. But like when the day after came out, it, it left too much of like a, Oh, there's still like a hope for humanity. Yeah. And then threads wanted to just kind of yeah, break that. Like nobody wins a nuclear yeah. war kind of thing. Right. So the end of threads, basically the doctor has been working in this hospital and he just leaves and he's melting like his hair is all fallen out he's fucking rough he's disgusting and he goes back to his home in Kansas City and when he gets to his home there are a bunch of homeless people in his kitchen and he basically goes up to them and he goes 
this is my house, leave. And then the homeless people offer them him an onion. And then he sits down and he cries. And then text comes up and it says, this is not 100% accurate, but this is just a more horrific look of nuclear war. And then it ends. And yeah, that's kind of the the more optimistic look. Um, there is a birthing scene, a child birthing scene in the day after. Uh, basically one of the pregnant women, and it's pretty sad too. It's a pretty sad scene. Like I thought it was going to be played for optimism. Like that was how the movie was going to end the day after I thought it was going to end with this woman giving birth and then kind of, well, this is humanity, humanity thrives kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, like at the end of the day, we've seen this horrific stuff, but life is still being generated. That's kind of what I thought. But Instead, this woman gives birth in a full hospital room full of strangers. She's crying. Everyone around her is crying. The baby comes out. It's not a stillborn. It's alive. Everyone's kind of looking. And it's just like instead of a moment of like, you know, happiness and, and joy of, of, of the child being born, it's kind of more of like what's this child being born into is being born into nothing. Like mm. there's nothing left. Like this kid's not going to have a good life basically is what I think the kind of the attitude I got from the scene, like at no one, everyone's just sitting there is miserable. They're all just crying and not, and it's just like, Oh yeah. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> so it's definitely, yeah, I mean, can you imagine if there was ever a nuclear war, I hope I fucking go immediately. Like flashbang oh, dude. gone. As soon as I hear shit going down, I'm, I'm running going, towards it, dude. I'm going as far fucking north as I can. <laughs> I am. I'm fleeing. I'm fucking fleeing. I'm not going to be anywhere near a city. No, fuck that. Just fuck go right that. up north from Canada. You're good to go. Oh man, but yeah, scary shit. Did you know That's... that um, Mick Jackson actually consulted uh, Carl Sagan to make sure he got accurately <laughs> like how a nuclear war or nuclear fallout would occur? With oh, like wow. the the whole the winter the like the yeah yeah the, the winter. No, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> yeah, is that insane? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, any last I, I, any any kind of uh, closing marks or because I'm kind of all that's kind of all my notes that I had. But did you have any other notes you wanted to? No, finish up on no good wild ride. Um, I was flabbergasted by the fact that it lifted 500 million tons of dust into the air that's pretty cool oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to figure out the physics behind that but like i was kind of going on a bit of a rabbit hole afterwards like after i watched the movie yeah I was like did i just watch so it turns out that like the stakes are even higher now it is 30 percent more likely for a nuclear war to occur than it was during the cold war oh and dude they don't even have they have like 10 times more powerful weapons than they did back then like yeah what's it the i think it's like there's the moab the mother of all bombs but now there's the fucking father of all bombs which is like (laughs) you got the granddaddy which is like quadruple what the mother of all bombs does like it's like horrifying so so like imagine like the things you could do with like 10 of those right Oh, so both God. Russia and America together stockpile 93% of the nuclear bombs in the world. Russia sitting at 5,977. United oh. States sitting at 5,428. Crazy. And for each of those, 1,600 are ready for deployment at a moment's notice. Isn't that that's, fucking scary? That's nuts. That's nutty. Dude. And then the rest of the world altogether is like less than 700 bombs. Fuck. And then Russia. Is oh. that fucking insane? That's insane. 
people and in this movie they're all worrying about protesting the bomb I'm getting the fuck out of there. I'm digging a yeah. hole 4,000 feet underground and I'm hiding in it. I'm not protesting. Yeah, what are I'm you going home and, and I'm preparing. <laughs> it's not, it's coming, man. It's one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, Jeez, man. so yeah, it's a bit of a bummer movie this week. It, I mean, me personally, I wasn't as affected. I kind of had it a while ago. I got bummed yeah, out, fair. but I'm, I know you're probably feeling it. Whoever it, it watched it ride. in yeah. preparation for this week is probably feeling it. So next week, um, next film we're going to discuss, you know, we're getting into the kind of fall, the fall season. We're in September now. Spooky, scary skeletons. We're getting into the spooky season. We're going to talk about the 1987 horror classic Hellraiser directed by Clive Barker based off his book, The Hellbound Heart. Um one of it's a good movie i i really enjoy it not one of my favorites but it's definitely a really good watch especially if you're a horror fan mm. uh, one of the classic really really good 80s 80s special effects i'm pretty sure this newest season of stranger things took a lot of inspiration from hellraiser yeah especially I, I the so. fourth yeah, season yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of stranger things or just a fan of horror definitely you're definitely gonna want to check this one out yeah, I I've never seen Hellraiser, and I'm really excited to because now, um, just a month from now, October seventh, there's a 2022. Well, obviously 2022, but there's a new Hellraiser movie coming out, yeah. which should be very exciting. By um, directed by David uh, Bruckner, who did the VHS anthology series. So, kind of could be kind of could be cool. Could be decent, yeah. So. Yeah. I know that the last couple Hellraiser movies weren't very good, and I know that a lot of the sequels aren't good, but the first Hellraiser is great. Watch the first oh, hey. Hellraiser. Maybe watch the second one. I've heard mixed things about the second one, but I think after the second one, don't watch any of those because I'm pretty sure the the most recent one, not the 2022 one, but the one after that, was literally made to keep the rights of Hellraiser. Like oh. it was made because they were going Quality to lose sentiment. the copyright. So they were like, well, we got to make a movie. And they made a movie. <laughs> so I don't Yikes. know how good. That's the one thing I've heard. I think it's, I don't remember what it's called. It's called like Bloodlines or something. Hellraiser Blood or Bloodlines. Oh, okay. I'm going to look it up right now. I, uh, I literally just found out that David Bruckner did uh, The Night House that came out in 2020. Do you see that with Rebecca Hall? It's like this. Um spooky uh widow goes to live in her Hell old cabin well no night house night house no that's is that on that's on disney plus though right that's on the stars uh i think perhaps. Seen, i don't know i got the blu-ray for it dude sure. i'm not even kidding any horror movie that came out in the last uh 2020 <laughs> 2020 to 2022 i don't watch I'm not going to lie everything's kind of bleeding together even a24 films are all starting to look the same so I'm not so I'm not gonna lie. It's all getting it's all it's all getting to its uh Yeah, it, it's hard to luck out on a chance. Yeah, like, so yeah, so Alright, I don't know what it I don't know which one it is. It might be Hellraiser Hellworld or Hellraiser Revolutions. I've no idea, but I think one of those was made. We'll know we'll know next week when we discuss it. No, the one movie that did look interesting this year was The Black Phone, but again, that's not I haven't seen that yet. I've been meaning to. Yeah, we to. got cucked out of the <laughs> Blu-ray release. Yeah, we got to wait till the fucking twentieth. And the yeah, Monsters. The Canada release. Rob Zombie's oh, the Monsters. Yeah. I'm pumped for. Um, exciting. Rob, yeah. I um, was absolutely devastated to hear 
uh, just moments ago before the podcast that um, Don't Worry Darling by Olivia Wilde has a one star on IMDb, which is very upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> so I was looking forward to that. Dude, I think that I remember seeing an interview with Harry Styles and he is got to be on drugs. Like he's like the, he literally is like it's uh it's um a movie you uh want to uh go to uh the theater oh, for uh I gotta send it to you after this, but it's like Iggy Pop or something. It, it's a brutal <laughs> interview and the oh. like from what I've heard it's a fucking brutal interview. So I'll have to send you that after this. Jeez, yeah, send that my way. Yeah, I was looking forward to that, so bummer. But and hopefully the other thing we're gonna start doing for for um the spooky season, we're gonna start watching an anthology show on the lines of Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Tales of the Crypt, Monsters, Tales from the Dark Side. We're gonna watch one of those series and we're gonna discuss an episode every week, one episode a week, and we're gonna discuss it, tell you if it's worth it. I don't know, just a fun thing, a little extra. Fun mm-hmm. thing to do. A little, little fun. A little so, goof and a gaff. Hopefully we'll start that this month. If not for sure, we're going to start it in October. But mm. other than that, I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Um, hopefully we're back to a consistent schedule again. We took last week off again because of a lot of circumstances <laughs> happening at once. Yeah. So Chaos. Yep. Good to be back. And hopefully we'll be back recording on a more weekly basis so thanks every yeah so thanks everyone for watching and we'll see you next week